It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We are a company that is passionate about teaching this country how to feed our children well. And we'll be talking more about that in just a bit. I'm Cassie Weenus, registered and licensed dietitian. I want to thank all of our listeners for getting up with us this morning and for remembering to turn that dial to 107.1. We so appreciate all of you. We have a wonderful show planned this morning. Our topic is dealing with the picky eater. And in studio to help me tackle this issue is fellow mom and fellow nutrition educator at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, Angela Makepeace. Welcome, Angela. Thank you. I am a mom of a 12-year-old, and I would like to say a special good morning to her. I call her my former picky eater, now healthy eater. So good morning, Mystic. (laughs) And we will be sharing some strategies today of how to deal with the picky child. Um, But I don't want to lose any other listeners who maybe don't have a picky child or picky eater at home, many of the concepts that we'll talk about today can be used for various other conditions. Eating real foods in balance with a little supplementation is actually how I eliminated my high triglyceride problem. I was at an alarmingly dangerous level of about 1,085. That's a lot. (laughs) So I was able to knock 900 points off of that. And get myself down to a healthy a number under 150. So I think we'll have a little bit of something for everyone today. And good for you. Thank Can you. I just say that's <laughs> that's huge. And that's the power of food. Right on. And we have one more person in studio with us this morning. Tamara Brown is a registered and licensed dietitian. She sees clients at our St. Paul and White Bear Lake offices. She also teaches classes for us. And most recently, she developed a grocery store tour program that we now offer, and we'll be talking a bit about that a little later in the show. So welcome, Tamara. Thanks, Cassie. Great to be here this morning. Okay, so where to begin? This For any of those listeners out there that have the picky eaters, this is a challenging topic, but one that can be tackled. I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old, so I certainly know the challenges of feeding our kids healthy. Um, I think a a big piece of the puzzle is that we live in this land of processed and prepackaged convenience foods, and that makes it hard, especially if you ever take your kid grocery shopping. So I've I've learned not to have the kids with me when I'm at the grocery store because that marketing really talks to them. But besides that, if you have a very picky eater on top of all of these processed and prepackaged convenience foods in America, the challenge can sometimes seem completely impossible. Well, but we know it's not impossible, don't we? Right. And we also know that the majority of the time, if your child is consistently a picky eater, they likely have something else going on, like some yeast overgrowth, possibly in their intestinal tract. That is right. And, you know, I've seen this in some of the children I've worked with. The type of yeast that lives in the intestinal tract is called candida. And normally it is just part of the natural flora in our intestinal tracts. However... If a child is not breastfed for very long for whatever reason, or if a child receives repeated courses of antibiotics, say for ear infections at a young age, 
These things wipe out good bacteria in our intestines. And if there is not enough good bacteria to keep the growth of yeast to a minimum, the yeast starts to actually overgrow and take over. Right. So if your child has this yeast overgrowth, they're going to crave the carbohydrates like the breads, the pastas, crackers, maybe it's cold cereal, or they'll crave just straight out sugary foods. And the reason is just like when you bake bread and you add sugar to feed the yeast, the yeast in your child's intestinal tract feeds on sugar as well. So the more yeast to feed, the the more yeast there is to feed, the more your child will crave either these breads and the crackers that then turn into sugar in our bodies. Or there's even the obvious high sugar foods like cookies and candies. And there's real science here. It's not just your kid being stubborn. It's that all the yeast in his or her system wants to be fed. Exactly. And I love the the vision of yeast and baking bread because so many people can yeah. relate to that image. Mm-hmm. So if any of you listeners are wondering if this could possibly be the issue with your picky eater, maybe we should talk about some other body signs of yeast overgrowth in children. Good idea. So if you're wondering if your child has yeast overgrowth, some other body signs besides the picky eater syndrome are digestive issues like the diarrhea or the constipation, or maybe it's just that your child is overly gassy or has some bloating. Another body sign is that as a baby, they were very colicky or had a lot of diaper rashes. Um, You know, as they get older, if they have other types of skin rashes, that could be another sign of yeast overgrowth, repeated ear infections, constant colds. These are all potential body signs of yeast overgrowth. Angela, can you think of any others? Yes, actually, some additional clues pointing towards this abundance of yeast in the system are problems with sleeping, irritability, hyperactivity, and even other, some other behavior problems. And Angela, didn't you tell me that your child's behavior improved when you addressed the yeast overgrowth? Yes, it was really important um, to reduce her consumption of processed carbohydrates. So I did do that, and then I also started supplementing with the bifidobacteria. And great idea, because when you think about yeast overgrowth, another way to think about that is that essentially your child has a lack of good bacteria in his or her intestines. If you have enough good bacteria, it keeps the yeast growth in check, not enough good bacteria, and the yeast multiplies out of control. So just as Angela said, the first step to rebalance is to start a supplement of good bacteria. And you can find good bacteria, or another name for good bacteria is probiotics, in both powder and pill forms. So if your child is very young and can't swallow pills, then do the powdered form. And we generally recommend you start out with just a pure strain of bifidobacteria. When you look at a healthy intestinal tract, there are over 500 different strains of good bacteria, But 70% of that should be bifidobacteria. So start there. Right. And can you believe we already have a caller? Didn't I say all the, we have so many points we want to talk about this morning as always. And I was saying to the gals before we went on air that we probably won't get to all of them because I think this topic is going to generate a lot of calls. So before it's time for our first break, let's take Lisa on line one. Lisa, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Hi. I just wondered if, this is true of adults, 
too, because it's kind of sounding like me, the way you were um, describing some of these GI problems, and then also um, the craving for sugar and sweets. So is this also for adults? Absolutely, and probably all of us here. I know I can say, me, I'm still working on my yeast overgrowth. So, yeah, and and the same would go, you know, when we see adults as clients that have yeast overgrowth, which is, what, the majority of the time tomorrow? It's just part of American living. We do a lot of things in our lifestyle that kill off good bacteria, and unfortunately, our culture doesn't have a lot of foods that replenish. So it's very likely that you do have some yeast overgrowth, so the same with a child, um, Lisa, I would start with a, a supplement of good bacteria, preferably just a pure strain of bifidobacteria to start with. Okay. And then how long would you expect to see some improvements? You know, great question, and I can never answer because everybody's different. It really depends on how much yeast you have and how many things you're doing right on a daily oh, basis. Right, right, yeah. So, um, you know, it could take a year or two. It could take six months. But, you know, find a good um, supplement of bifidobacteria and then work on eating balanced because if you take a great supplement like bifidobacteria but you still go heavy on the carbs like many Americans do, you're going to be canceling out that good bacteria, if that makes sense. Yeah. So balanced eating and a good supplement. Thanks for your call. Thank you. Yep. Okay. Great call. And of course, as always, we'll be talking more about some ideas for balanced eating as we go on today, because you need that to support good intestinal health. Um, So before we took the call, Angela was talking about the fact that the majority of the good bacteria in your intestinal tract is bifido, you can find a good bacteria, and this is a, a good point for that caller, Lisa, that's listening. You can find a good bacteria or a probiotic at any co-op or in the natural section of many grocery stores. If you're interested in what Nutritional Weight and Wellness has to offer, what I use for myself is a pill form of bifidobacteria. It's called... Um, bifido balance and we sell that at the office what I use for my kids because they can't swallow pills yet is a product we sell called ultra bifidus so it's just a powder form and I just mix it in about two ounces of water and the kids drink it right up it really doesn't have a flavor and I'm just gonna keep the mic here and keep talking I'm not gonna let you guys in because (laughs) we got to go to a break already you're listening to dishing up nutrition brought to you by nutritional weight and wellness Today we are discussing picky eaters, and I want to let listeners know that we have a wonderful two-hour class for parents that will help you if you have a picky eater at home. It'll help you if you have a child with asthma or if you have a child with behavior problems or if you have an overweight child. We address all of these things in this two-hour class. It's going to run four evenings at four different locations over the next month. We have it first running this Tuesday, August 10th at our White Bear Lake office. It'll be offered August 11th at our new Lakeville location. I will be teaching it August 14th in Wyzetta. And then August 24th, it's being taught in St. Paul. So to, t- to sign up for this class called Foods to Build Happy Focus Kids, you can either visit our website at weightandwellness.com or call the office at 651 699 3438. And if you have any questions about us today for about picky eaters, call us here at the studio at 651-641-1071 and we'll be right back. Unlike the celebs we cover, our big mouths are collagen free. My talk 1071. 
Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Tamara Brown, registered dietitian, and I am here today with Cassie Weenis, registered dietitian, and Angela Makepeace, nutrition educator. Today we are discussing how to deal with the picky eater in your household. But before we get back to our topic today, I have some really exciting news. What our listeners and clients have been asking for for a few years now is finally complete. Our Nutrition for Weight Loss series is ready. Finally, right? Yay! (laughs) Yes. A weight loss program that incorporates real food and a healthy attitude about food. So this is a 12-week series. You meet for one hour each night. And as part of the package, you also get two separate one-hour sessions with a nutritionist. You know, I've been going to training every Thursday night to be able to teach this series when it rolls out in September. And let me tell you, it is awesome. I'm really excited about this new series. It is exactly what America needs with more than two-thirds of us being overweight or obese. And I'm also really excited because we have absolutely fantastic teachers presenting this weight loss series this first time around. I've had the privilege of sitting in when some of these teachers in practice um, have been presenting the classes. And oh my gosh, I am just enthralled. So it's been really fun to watch, fun to be in the training Um, We have the great teachers offering this great weight loss series, and we're going to be offering it in St. Paul, Wyzetta, Anoka, and White Bear Lake this first time around. It's going to start in about mid-September, and starting today, ladies... You can register by calling the office. How exciting is that? Finally, and I did get the green light to say that. Dar told me I should say that, and I thought I better check with at least one more person because if I say this and it's not quite ready to roll (laughs) out, so (laughs) yeah, exactly. So I bothered Corey last night on his cell phone, but he said yes. If you call six five one six nine nine three four three eight, that's the St. Paul office. You can either call them to learn a little bit more about this weight loss series, or you can call them to register. So fun stuff. We have another caller we're going to go to right away. Terry, thanks to thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. You have a question? Yes, I have a twenty year old. Um, we have been doctoring for quite some time, and she's got chronic nausea. We were at a Mayo Clinic last week, and I just I, we're at wit's end as to what's going on, and I'm wondering if nutrition stuff. I'm hoping nutrition stuff might be the answer. It absolutely. Um, I'm sure it's a piece of the puzzle, and you know maybe even it's the whole puzzle piece. Now, nausea, when did that start? Well, she's had nausea for seven years. She had her gallbladder and appendix out at age 13. Oh, wow. And so she learned how to deal with the nausea at that time and has really had nausea for seven years. But stuff that she considered livable because it wasn't as horrible. In about mid-March, it came back, and and it's been debilitating. I mean, she doesn't want to leave the house hardly. Yeah. And so what kind of eater is she? Is she a picky eater? Is she a, a junk food eater? A little bit of a picky eater. I mean, she eats a lot of good vegetables and fruits. She's not much of a meat eater, mm-hmm. which you know, I don't think that really, you know, and, and she's not thin. I mean, mm-hmm. and she never vomits. She just is nauseated all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be that the yeast is a piece of the puzzle. I really think some... Somebody like that should come in for a consult. I agree. Yeah, it's just, it's a little more complicated than what we could answer in a few minutes here on air. 
Um, probably, you know, it's going to take some good bacteria and some replenishing, but having had a gallbladder and an appendix out, there's probably some work to do, um, with her meal planning too, even though, like you said, she's good with some fruits and vegetables and she's not a horrible eater at all, but sometimes there's some pieces missing there too. And maybe a, a couple of other key supplements that would get her over this. I definitely think she could be helped by an appointment with nutritional weight and wellness though. Okay. And in and, the meantime, I think... which number is... The, I mean, you've given a few numbers out, and so I'm not really sure which one I am I should call. Um, yeah, it probably best just to call the main office, and then they can talk to you about which of our five locations would be closest to you. The I'm ma- in Highland Park. Oh, well, then you... Yeah, you'll be right Saint at the, the <laughs> hub of things, our main office, St. Paul. And that number is 651... Okay. 699... Okay. 3438... Okay. And they'll be open at 9 o'clock today. Oh, and they're open on Saturdays. Okay, yep, very good. Yep, And Angela had one more thing. Well, I was just going to say, if you weren't time. able to get in for an appointment for a little while, you could still just go ahead and start on the bifidobacteria. Mm-hmm. Really, yep. anyone can benefit from that. Okay. And try to get some good protein into her. Give her if she likes eggs, get her some eggs, um, yep. some meat, and so forth. I think that can often help with the nausea, too. I've had personal experience with that. All okay. Right. Okay, good point. And Bless um, you all. Thank you so thank much you for, for listening. Yes. That's a good point. Okay, so when you weren't doing a lot of meat, you were right. having some nausea. Some nausea. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you have a child who doesn't like meat, it could be that their stomach is low in hydrochloric acid. And so that tends to kind of turn people off to meat. And what's the way to up that hydrochloric acid? Have you ever had clients with that where you've had to work on that? I know what DAR teaches mm-hmm. is to give a good bacteria different than the bifido, one called acidophilus, and that helps your body produce stomach acid. And you need that stomach acid to break down animal proteins. So, you know, that might be something for that last caller to consider too, is a good bacteria um, of bifido, maybe in the morning and around noon. And then in the evening usually is when we recommend people do the acidophilus that helps with the stomach acid. Because again, if your child doesn't really like meat, probably their stomach has low hydrochloric acid levels. Okay, so where were we? We were talking about well, we're yeast. Talking, right, we were talking about yeast. But what we want to get back to is just to let our listeners know, you know, really our philosophy at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is food first. But if you do have a child or an adult or whoever who is this picky eater, especially if they have one or more of the other body signs of yeast, this is one time when you can't really solely rely on that food for healing. And I'm visualizing now, we have a handout that we use with clients um, when we're trying to determine if they have that candida, that severe yeast overgrowth, and nausea is is on on there. Um, You know, when you look at the human body, it contains about 100 trillion bacteria. Isn't that amazing? It's really amazing. Not a million, not a billion, 100 trillion bacteria in that intestinal tract. That's about two to three pounds of bacteria in your intestines. You couldn't eat enough yogurt in a day to replenish that. So you really need a supplement if you know your child has that yeast overgrowth. Now, once your child has been on a good bacteria or once an adult has been on a good bacteria supplement for a while, they might be able to maintain that healthy flora with food. But if you have the yeast overgrowth, this is one time, like Angela was kind of saying, food is important, but you're going to need that supplement as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think 
There's a lot of information available, and many people realize that yogurt is a good source of natural good bacteria. But I don't think that a lot of people realize that there are, unfortunately, many not-so-good yogurts are out there that aren't doing what we want them to do for our intestinal tracts. And they may, in fact, even be making your children or yourself crave more sugar. Oh, it's so <laughs> deceiving, isn't it? It is. I hate to admit this, but my husband and I used to go through Yoplait Light like it was going out of style. This is back in my conventional dietitian days, and I just thought any yogurt would be healthy. And when I started here is really... Unfortunately, the first time I started reading ingredients, I'd been a dietitian for nine years before I started here, but I was going a lot by the marketing like a lot of Americans do and not really reading ingredient lists. So started at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Now I'm picking up my Play light and reading the ingredients. And as Tamara knows, because she does grocery store tours, it's basically high fructose corn syrup and some artificial chemicals. And mm-hmm. I thought, what in the world am I doing with this in my fridge? So my husband does the grocery shopping. The next time he went to get groceries, I said, don't buy the Play Light anymore. It's just not good for us. I don't know if he wasn't listening or if he just chose not to listen to me. Um, but he comes with the groceries and there's the Play Light again. So take a deep breath. Not going to get upset. I just said, Scott. That you'll play light. It's junk in a little can. Let's not buy that anymore. You'd be better off buying candy bars. I was just trying to give an analogy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the next time he comes home, no, you'll play light. But he had Snickers candy oh, bars right. in the grocery bag. <laughs> he listened. <laughs> I couldn't get mad because you're right. He listened. But then we had to have a talk about candy bars. So, um, But we're going to talk more about those confusing areas of the grocery store when we come back. Time for a break. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Um, Before we break, I just want to say if you are struggling with low energy levels, if you're struggling with poor moods or slow metabolism, you're probably going to be interested in one of our most popular classes called Jumpstart Your Metabolism. This is a two-hour class chocked full of great information about what makes our metabolism tick. If you keep listening, after the break, we're going to share details about upcoming Jumpstart classes. If you have any questions about our topic this morning, call us here at the studio at 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Before break, Cassie mentioned a class packed with information about boosting your metabolism. Jumpstart Your Metabolism is one of our most popular classes and is running today at 1130 in Woodbury. And you still may be able to get into that, so... Give our office a call before you head over there to make sure there's still room. And if you can't make that one, it's also offered August 17th in Cambridge, August 24th in Lakeville, and August 26th at our YZ office. So you can always go to our website or give the office a call, 651-699-3438. All right, and another caller online, um, Lynn, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for listening. What's your question today? Uh, my question is, is I crave peanuts, peanut butter. I mean, I could just sit down and have tablespoons of peanut butter, and I was just wondering if that has anything to do with yeast. Okay, I'm going to let tomorrow. We were just talking about this, and I'm trying to rack we my brain. Um, I think that it absolutely could have a connection with yeast, with yeast. overgrowth and or um, low blood sugar. Yes. Or is that what yep. you're going to say? Exactly. I don't want to put words in yeah. your mouth. No, you got it. I remember you read that. my mind. <laughs> I was so bad. We we have conference calls um, a couple times a month just to talk about new topics in nutrition. Mm-hmm. And this is timely because we were talking about it on Thursday. 
Yeah, you know, how do we explain that tomorrow? Peanuts have fungus on yes. them. Yep. I mean, that mm-hmm. sounds gross, but they actually, peanuts, um, pistachios, cashews have fungus on them. And yeast is a fungus. And so there's a connection there and you're just kind of fueling the fire by adding yeast. Um, but sometimes it, it can be a low blood sugar too. We talk about peanuts as being in that fat category, mm-hmm. but they do have carbohydrates as well. And so you might... Um, you know, kind of subconsciously be trying to get that blood sugar back up. So I think the two things for you would be to get a good supplement of bifidobacteria, whether it's from our office or at a co-op or the natural section at the grocery store, and then really try to focus on balanced eating, you know, getting a carbohydrate and a fat and a protein every time you, you stop to eat. Does that help? Um, so like having like a banana with peanut butter, would that be balanced or not? Um, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Now, when you eat bananas, we always say just eat half of a banana. They have a lot of good nutrients, but they turn to the most sugar of any of the fruits. So a whole banana will really feed that yeast. Um, if you really have some serious yeast overgrowth, we typically recommend you stay away from peanuts and peanut butter for a few months. So maybe an almond butter on those apple or those banana slices would be a better choice. Okay, because I've tried almond butter, too, and I kind of, I love that, too. <laughs> okay, okay, so, so maybe it's more of a low blood sugar. Mm-hmm. Are you eating about every three hours? I Yep, I've taken the class, and um, I've tried to do that, but usually I'll have, like, a whole banana with peanut butter, so maybe... Yep, a half of a banana, I would I would stick to the almond butter, and I would measure it out before you... You know, measure it out and then put that jar back away. Okay. Um, (laughs) I've been there, done that, so I know what you're saying. So it works better to measure it out and then put the jar away. And then try to get some protein in there, too. We talked about it, um, was it last week, how protein can really help to curb those cravings. So the banana and the the almond butter, but then maybe a beef stick or a hard-boiled egg. And I know it doesn't really seem to go, but just think of it kind of... Think of it kind of separately because you need that to help um, with those cravings. Mm-hmm. Would um, like a protein shake be okay to complement it? or? I wouldn't do it with that. I think you're going to go a little bit overboard on calories. Now, if you just wanted to do a protein shake as your snack, uh-huh. um, if you go to our website and get that recipe, half of that at snack time would be perfect, but then that would be your entire snack. Okay. Great questions. Mm-hmm. Thanks okay. for listening. Yep, thank you. Okay. Um, So, yeah, we were talking about how confusing it is to buy yogurt. And Tamara does grocery store tours, so you can speak to this, right? All right, yes. So I know that for many people, when I take them through the grocery stores, one of the most confusing areas and one of the ones with the most questions is the yogurt case. Um, I think... You know, a lot of times we just, like we mentioned earlier, we think of yogurt as great, healthy choice. Mm-hmm. Like you can't go wrong, right? If exactly. you're buying a yogurt. Exactly. Not but it's true. always so important to turn around the container and make yes. sure you look at the label. Um, even supposed better choices or what you may think of as a better choice may also still be hiding the high fructose corn syrup, artificial thickeners, um, fake food colorings. I know I always tell people what color is milk. It's white. Yogurt is supposed to be white if it's made from milk, not pink, blue, green, or whatever other colors they create. Yeah. Or another thing to look for, especially in light yogurts, 
are artificial sweeteners. Yep. yep. So. Well, and then if you're saying, well, I, if I switch to that, there's no way my child's going to eat that <laughs> or I'm not going to eat that. <laughs> so if that is the case, um, you know, it's basically you're used to that high fructose corn syrup and artificial sweeteners. Your taste buds are turned on to that. So what mm-hmm. you could try to do is um, even just sweeten it with a little bit of pure maple syrup or also, as Cassie mentioned earlier with the other caller, just try the protein shake recipe because there is some fruit in that and fruit will be that natural sweetener for the yogurt. Yeah, so does your daughter do, or no, she's, she's not right now doing she's not doing dairy, dairy, but she did, she, um, we used just a tiny bit of pure maple syrup with yep. the plain yogurt mm-hmm. um, and loves the protein shake. So, yeah. yeah, you know, and for all you moms out there, if you're, you still have babies in the house, just start them out on that plain yogurt and your life will be so much simpler. <laughs> Fortunately, I had started here at Weight and Wellness when Riley was one. My firstborn was one. And so that's all they knew and they loved it. I remember, though, when my mother-in-law was babysitting one time and she's feeding him the yogurt I had you know, set out for her to give. And, and she took a bite of it herself. And she later said, not to me, but to my husband, how can she feed him that stuff? <laughs> Well, and I think I forgot to mention exactly what we do want to look for when we're choosing a yogurt. Oh, go, go. So I mentioned what we do not want to look for, but what we do want to look for is just a plain, organic, full-fat, regular yogurt. So just the way nature intended, no additives, no preservatives, just the plain milk turned into yogurt. Yep. And I've often heard Wendy that you'll hear on the radio sometimes. She's our nurse that's also a nutrition counselor. She calls that nature's perfect balance because a plain full fat yogurt has animal protein. It has the lactose, the milk sugar, which Mm kind of counts as that carbohydrate. And then it has the healthy fat. So nature's perfect balance. Um, But yeah, I was going to say too about those protein shakes. We call them protein smoothies at our house. It just makes them sound a little bit more fun. And sometimes that makes all the difference. But Back in the days when we were doing dairy, the kids just absolutely loved that recipe. So that's a good way to change up the flavor a little bit of the plain yogurt if your child isn't ready yet to eat it plain. Yes. And what about, for some people, if your kids have a dairy allergy, is there a way to make a dairy-free protein shake? Yeah, I think there's a couple of different things you can do. What we're doing at our house right now, um, because since we found out about our dairy allergy, is... Pretty much just substituting, if you look at our recipe online, weightandwellness.com, look at the protein shake recipe, we substitute almond milk in place of the yogurt. So mm-hmm. a cup of almond milk in place of a cup of yogurt, and we do unsweetened almond milk. And then in place of the whey protein powder, which would be dairy, you can use egg white protein powder, unless you have an allergy to eggs. But that's what we're doing right now is an egg white protein powder by a company called J-Rob, and that's one we really like. I, I think Anna sometimes will do a recipe with coconut milk, so that's an option too. And there I would do a half a cup of water and a half a cup of coconut milk in place of the yogurt. And then again, if you're okay with eggs, do the egg white protein powder. So as I mentioned earlier, you could sweeten the yogurt with some maple syrup, but Let's be sure that we're not buying Log Cabin or Aunt Jemima. We're talking pure maple syrup. And every place carries that now. I mean, even Target has an organic maple syrup. Exactly. And what you could do is, for the first few times, you know, decide on what that amount might be. It might look something like a teaspoon, but then every couple of days, reduce that. So you're getting down to really where it would just be a drizzle 
as their taste buds get used to that. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, they really do get accustomed to that natural flavor. Keep in mind, all of us heighten our sensitivity to sugar each day that we eat too much of it. So over time, you need more and more to get the same satisfaction. But we can retrain those taste buds. Time already for our last break. As I always say, we should have two hours for this show someday. But it's time for another break. First, though, before we go, I want to give listeners some food for thought. Are the billions of dollars that the food industry spends each year on marketing, sabotaging your efforts to make healthy choices at the grocery store? Think about what you're buying. Are you buying the squeezable yogurts because that's the only way you can get the kids to eat yogurt? Or are you choosing the processed breakfast cereals because they say they're heart healthy or they're low in fat? Or do those oddly colored sports drinks always end up in your grocery cart instead of just good old-fashioned water? Well, when we come back from break, Tamara is going to talk about one of the newer services being offered by Nutritional Weight and Wellness that can help you become a better shopper. Um, So stay tuned. And if you have questions for us, 651-641-1071. What if I told you that you could change your life just by learning the secrets of balanced eating? Nutritional Weight and Wellness can teach you how. They'll do an individual consultation for you, your husband, or your children. They'll create an eating plan that fits your lifestyle. Whether you're experiencing migraines or sleeplessness, depression, digestive problems, fatigue, anxiety, or need help with weight loss, nutrition can change all of that. More than 90% of all health conditions can be traced back to nutritional issues. Let Nutritional Weight and Wellness help you. Call 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com to schedule your individual consultation in St. Paul, Lakeville, Wyzetta, White Bear Lake, or Woodbury. Let Nutritional Weight and Wellness help you. Call 651-699-3438. St. Paul, Lakeville, Wyzetta, White Bear Lake, or Woodbury. Visit weightandwellness.com for all the details. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you question whether the foods you choose for your family are good choices, wonder no more, because we have a wonderful new grocery store tour, tour service available. For the, for the tour, I will meet you at the store of your choice, and together we will spend a couple of hours making our way through the aisles, talking about ingredients, label reading, what the best food choices are, and why. So for more information about our new grocery store tours, please check out our website, weightandwellness.com, and I look forward to taking a tour with you. What a great service. So really, um, check that out, because even if you think you know how to shop, you probably don't. And like I admitted before, nine years of being a registered dietitian, and I didn't realize that I was being... I was kind of having the wool pulled over my eyes mm-hmm. by some of the marketing unknowingly yeah, that right. marketing gets to us. That's it's why they, they spend smart. billions of dollars. They are <laughs> smart. Um, let's take a caller here. We have Debbie on the line. Debbie, thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Yes. Hi. Hi. Um, I, have, I haven't been able to listen to the entire show this morning, but I was wondering if you could give suggestions for um, things to give kids for mid-morning snack at school and also something to put in their lunch besides sandwiches. Absolutely. Do you just want to hang up and listen? That would be great. Thank you. Great questions. Yeah, so mid-morning snacks and then lunch at, you know, packing lunches. So, oh, mid-morning snacks. What do we do? We'll do a beef stick. 
Um, I get some wonderful beef, beef sticks from a company called Thousand Hills Cattle Company right here in Cannon Falls, Minnesota. More and more grocery stores are starting to carry them. That's our protein. Um, we'll do about a half of an organic apple, and we'll do a handful of nuts. So again... What was the acronym you were using at break? Yes. What we need to teach our children as well as ourselves is we're looking for PFC, not KFC. So most of us know what KFC is, but PFC, we're looking for protein, fat, and carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. So another snack idea, because I think a lot of us have the mentality snack ideas are things like crackers and these bready things. Goldfish. Yeah, goldfish. My kids always want goldfish. So let's move away from that. Even a... um, a good quality lunch meat rolled up would yeah. be wonderful because that you could do lunch meat without the bread. You could even do it on one of those long romaine lettuce um, pieces with a mm-hmm. little mayo on there rolled up with a fun colored toothpick in it. The kids would love that. Yep. And then again, any type of vegetable, you could throw in some carrot sticks in there. Um, uh, sugars, uh, sugar peas, snap peas right now in the pods. Those are wonderful to munch on as well. Yep. Good ideas. You know what I found out too with the baby carrots when I bought the little cute little snack packs yes. and let Riley, my four-year-old, eat them out of the bag. Mm-hmm. Then he'll mm-hmm. eat them. Yes. If I just set baby carrots on a plate, that's not very fun. Presentation is very important for a lot of children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so exactly. having some fun colored containers or some fun reusable yes. bags or wraps. Was that you talking about when I sat in on your class, the fun cup that you served chili in? Your daughter's yes, we have a whole, mug. Ra- a whole rack of mugs of fun, that is different colored mugs. Great idea. Um, different sayings on it. And it's important to have something fun and special. And that's mm-hmm. another great snack is chili. And that yes. was. That was in Angela. I was sitting in on her class that she um, teaches at times uh, foods for ADHD or foods mm-hmm. to heal ADHD, whatever mm-hmm. the title is. But, yeah, so she talked about these fun mugs she has and serving chili when your daughter gets home for an afternoon snack. So. Mm-hmm. It does seem to be more of an afternoon snack. Another great idea that could be AM or PM snack is peanut butter balls. And have you guys, any of you made the peanut butter balls? A very similar recipe to yours. You have a similar recipe. Well, the one that I have was actually given to me by a client, and it is balanced. And I had the gals over in St. Paul put it up on the website this week. So if you haven't been to the website for a while, there's a new recipe, peanut butter balls, and it is good for kids and adults alike. I've really come to like it. So weightandwellness.com and click on recipes. And it's basically you take peanut butter or you could do almond butter. You put some protein powder in there. Um, and you do a little bit of honey to sweeten that real peanut butter. And then what's the other ingredient? Oh, and then there's oats in there for some texture and for some carbohydrates. So the peanut butter is the fat, the oats is the carbohydrate, and the protein powder is the protein. So you have the PFC, and if we want to treat, we'll put just a little bit of dark chocolate chips in there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, kids love them, and I do too. So that's another idea. Now, lunch, packing lunches, that's a great question, and I'm not quite to that point at school yet, but, um, you know, if you get a good thermos. That's what I was just going to say. We overlook the thermos, yeah. and that is wonderful because then there are so many different soup, um, chili recipes that can be sent. So it doesn't have to be a finger-cold type of food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the, I believe the chili recipe is up online, and that is a delicious recipe. I always thought I needed a spice packet to flavor my chili until I came to Nutritional Weight and Wellness, and it's not a hard recipe. My kids love that one, um, especially if they can put some sour cream on top, and there's nothing wrong with a good full-fat sour cream. 
what about a wrap? You know, a lot of times a sandwich gets to be too much bread, but if you buy like an eight inch tortilla and do a wrap, and I always think mm-hmm. of a wrap as kind of a salad inside that tortilla. So if your kids like or don't mind some greens or, um, you know, whatever you can sneak in there, some some pepper strips or something like that. It kind of depends on the child and the age of the child, maybe some diced up tomato, you know, and put all that in there and you can put a full fat dressing drizzled on there or you can do a spread um, you know, maybe on top of the lettuce leaves instead of right on the tortilla so you don't get a soggy tortilla by lunchtime. And I typically wrap mine in tin foil and then just kind of peel it down and I teach the kids that too so that it's not so messy when you go to eat it, if you can kind of visualize that. Um, you know, and think too in terms of without the bread, just the meat and the carb and the fat. So if you, something I'll do with the kids is to just chunk up some cooked chicken breast and you could send that. They could eat that cold. My kids don't mind that cold at all. They get to dip it in a little bit of organic ketchup. So just visualize maybe packing some chicken chunks, um, and we call them apple chunks at our house. So I'll just quarter an apple and send that, and then a handful of nuts or a handful of olives. And depending on the age of your child, you could put a couple of toothpicks in there because that's always more fun if you can stick it with a toothpick. Mm-hmm. Dip it, like I said, in your organic ketchup or in mayonnaise or... You know, maybe they don't even need a dip, but most kids eat better when they have something to dip it in, right? And some more of those warm ideas, getting back to the thermos that might be more um, useful when it gets cold out and you're sending them. But uh, first of all, to keep the thermos warm, just boil some water and heat that thermos up with the hot water while your food is heating up. And you could even put in then that cubed up uh, chicken breast if the kids did want it warm. You could make our egg bake recipe. That doesn't have to be a breakfast. You could send in... A slice yep. of our egg bake recipe, which is completely balanced in the thermos. You could also do some of our casseroles, like our wild rice turkey casserole. So a lot of options there once you have the right tools. And the thermos, like you said, is great. And I had a dad. They they were in to see me for, for their child. And he did a little test where he put a warm food in there and left it. And then, you know, the, the, the number of hours oh, that it yep. would be to lunch and then tested it with a thermometer and it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and another idea I just thought of as you're talking, Angela, something we do in the summer a lot because lunchtime in the summer, I don't want to cook or make a big production. We'll do those ham roll-ups or turkey roll-ups yes. you mm-hmm. were talking about for snacks. So it can be a lunch too. You just use a little bit more meat. So if you take a good deli meat, like maybe an Applegate Organic or Trader Joe's has a good nitrate-free deli meat, spread some either cream cheese or at our house we do mayonnaise and just roll those up. And I just put them in a little snack size baggie and they stay nice and neat and rolled up. So that would pack easy. And then again, if you think like a fruit and some nuts or a fruit and some olives, um, you know, or baby carrots and a full fat dip, any of Mm -hmm. those options, you have the P, the F, the C, PFC. Can you believe we are running up against the end of the hour? Um, We didn't get to all of the calls today. If you do have a question, you can call the office with that question. So 651-699-3438. I do want to mention, too, that next week's show is going to be really interesting. A little bit different twist. Animal nutrition, what's in your pet food? Dar's going to be on with special guests Marion Nestle, who has wrote a book on this. And also Katie Canine is going to be on our show. How fun. And I want to leave you with this thought. If mealtimes feel like a battle at your house, realize you are not alone. As moms, as nutritionists, we've seen many parents who are struggling with the limited foods their kids will eat. 
But remember, what your kids eat today affects their health and well-being, both now and in the future. So let your legacy be that you have taught your children the power of eating real foods in balance. Please feed them well. They are our future. And thank you for listening today. Thank you.